Hey, welcome to Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Today we are picking up the conversation that I had with Darren Gilbert, the pastor of Truth Church in Denison, Texas. Remember, his wife was diagnosed with leukemia. Doctors did not give them much hope. They had a baby in the midst of all of this. We learned that last week. So much was going on that he was having to deal with just in his personal life and with his family. But remember, he's the pastor of a church. He has a job that he cannot just jump away from. He still had to do some work. And so today, he's going to help us understand how in the midst of everything that he was going through, he managed to somehow keep things going at the church. But I was trying my best to let my mind get around the fact, like you've preached this and you've said this stuff. Now you got to live it. Are you going to do that? If you're a dad who wants to embrace your God-given mission, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want even more than that, then head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com. So let's talk about you and your occupation. Yes, sir. You're a pastor. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not a pastor. But my understanding is that you deal with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that you often have to deal with people and their struggles. Mm-hmm. People come to you, they want your advice, they yes, want sir. your input, they want your counsel. And at this point in your life, yeah. your wife is sick with leukemia. Yep. You've got four kids at one point in that, five kids in the other mm-hmm. time in that. You're trying to manage the home. Yep. You've got uncertainty. There's probably some okay days and some really bad days. Curled up in a ball crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to tell people that, but it's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> you're really good at the feeble position. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you find yourself mm-hmm. in this context and you still have to preach. Oh, yeah. And people probably still, I would imagine some people, I would hope most people would think maybe I'll ask somebody else, yeah. but, you know, you still have an obligation because that's your role. Like, you know, you're a spiritual advisor and you give yeah. spiritual guidance to your congregation. What kind of a what kind of a toll did that take on you trying to maintain that oh, and deal goodness. with your personal life? I was I would be honest, I was stressed out about that because I knew that I could be a good husband and I knew that I could be a good dad. But I was trying my best to let my mind get around the fact like you've preached this and you've said this stuff. Now you got to live it. Are you going to do that? Yeah. And so I chose to do that. And what, when I did that, when I, I'm just, this is exactly what happened. When I chose that, I was like, you're going to practice what you preach. And so that's what I did. Like I, I, when I would preach it, it started here recently to kind of stop coming up, but it would come out all the time. You know, like, are you really going to praise me in the storm? Mm-hmm. Are you really going to lift him up all the time? Are you are you going to serve God in the good and in the bad? Yeah. You know, all of those different things that you can bring up, like that's that's what I began to do. I began to practice what I preached when it came to trusting in God with all your heart, lean not into your understanding, all your ways, acknowledging him. And so um, d- during the day to day, let's go over that first, like, 
obviously I was brand new. And so I was like, there were systems and things that we were trying to get into place or I was trying to get into place. Right. Like, um, yeah. And just, just so everyone understands you found out yeah. that your wife has leukemia and how soon after was so, the church passed on to you? So we were, it was right then. Like it was like right that same moment. Like, so it was like that. And then the, the installation thing. And then, wow. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So yeah. this is like all together, all mass chaos just yep. hits you right there. We found out there was a vote. Uh, and then uh, I'm trying to remember the times. So yeah, like, she was, yeah, she um, got diagnosed. And then at the installation that we had here, um, she was, she was pregnant then. Wow. And we had just found out that wow. that week we had found out. And so we were like, <laughs> ah, you know, yeah. all these different things anyway. But, um, so you're learning systems. I'm and trying to figure try, out the process. I'm not even, I'm not even having learning systems. I don't even have any because I am doing it different. Yeah. You know, and I, I talking, I talked to a man, a friend of mine, Aaron Soto and, at a conference, that conference where her feet were swelling. And I was asking him about there's this transition is happening. And I want, cause it had already like been talked about, you know, and so I, it was about to take place. And so I wanted to get some information before I took this role. And so anyway, I'm trying to figure out, do I meet with people all the time? What do I need to do? Well, he told me, he said, you need to find a day and that needs to be the day that you meet with people and you need to stick to that. So I did. And he also told me, he said, you need to get a receptionist or a secretary of some sort. So uh, Ginger and I, we hired a young lady to work for us and uh, or work for the church and do all this stuff. And like, I would say, I don't know, go to her. Mm -hmm. um, can, can I meet with you right now? I'm like, actually, no, Tuesday, go get with her and talk to her. And so she would do all of that stuff for us and I would be able to meet with an individual. And so that those little systems helped me out. But in the just the big picture here, it helped me be able to be gone with there was somebody here there was somebody taking care of that stuff when they would get calls they wouldn't come to me they would come to the lady that was here at the church and she would like say such such such, such and like it would be a big deal i'd never hear about it yeah i never even know what happened you know later on i would but um so all of that stuff helped immensely good with me trying to stay focused on my wife and be a pastor yeah. You know, and there were, when we hired her, I told her, I'd said, listen, um, I'm not going to be able to babysit. I want you to be able to like, not, not in the physical, I'm talking about babysit you. I'm not right. going to, can you do this, that, and the other, these are the things that I need you to do. And I want you to also be able to take initiative. And so she did, she took initiative and, and helped us out tremendously. Good. She's just, she's actually just gone to pursue she finished her career or for, finished college and she's pursuing her career cool at another job now but um that helped us out in a great way um she would also when i would have to leave i'd be like hey can you go get the kids i've got to go to dallas to be with ginger yeah and can you take them to my parents whatever or meet my mom or whatever the situation was mm -hmm. and so that helped out a lot as yeah. well and um uh, it helped me it helped me get into the routine of what i needed to do and still keep my focus on studying and different things like that. Right. And, you know, and this is another thing that I did during this whole situation with Ginger. I thought it'd be a great idea to remodel the entire church. So, cause like, <laughs> it looked great, by you know, the way. <laughs> I mean, it was like, no, she was at this time, she was doing the apheresis and all that. And, and, um, we were having recording services and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be a great idea because there was that little moment 
where she was sick. We, she was sick. We knew, but we had like a little window because of the apheresis. It mm-hmm. wasn't as bad as we really, it's kind of like we knew that it was bad. It's like the and, eye of the storm. Yes, exactly yeah. what it was. And so we had this little window and I was like, oh man, let's go. So we started remodeling. And then I was like, I, can't, I had to remodel too, you know? <laughs> and so it was, uh, that was intense. But going back to the question, like I, I really, all of when I got messages and things like that, that was usually in the hospital or like I said earlier in the car, in the parking lot, back and forth to Dallas. I would just pray and things would come to me and I would stop at the infamous Bucky's and yeah. I would write things down while I was there. And um, so, I mean, that's, that's where all of the word came from. And I was able to keep things together as far as pastoring and directing people at the same time. Yeah. But what helped me as a pastor is it really helped me in faith, like having faith in God. I've said yeah. it for hundreds of years. I've preached to young people before as well, Yeah. but it, I really had faith in God. I really like you can tell people that. But then you have to actually right. do that. I've never connected that with your story, but yeah, oh. I mean, you preached for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but now when you preach about faith, oh, it man. comes from a totally different place. Different. I mean, you don't preach faith thinking or hoping that hopefully someone will be faithful. You can no. preach faith knowing that it works. Oh yeah, and 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 that's you said faithful. Like I I'm, I have faith in God and faithful in the struggle. Yeah. You know? It's not to the swift. It's the one that endures to the end. Yeah. You know, and so like that too, like that, there's just those two aspects there, like having faith in God and enduring to the end. I could throw in the town, but like I didn't, like I have, there's a family member that had a a spouse that said, you know, I didn't sign up for this when she had alopecia, like take her hair. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I actually used that in a message. I was like, you know, I, I didn't sign up for this. Right. But what I did sign up to is to be faithful to my spouse, I signed up to it in the good and the bad, you know, and I, you know, you've had people come to you and they tell you, oh, I'm married to problems. I'm like, what, what is your marital problem? You know? <laughs> and so there's two things that I've told Ginger, this is all done to me personally. And she feels the same way. Like when somebody's like, Oh, I stumped my toe. I can't come to church or I stumped my toe. I'm, I'm out for a month or whatever. I'm like, really? So I, I'm not compassionate, but I am compassionate at the same time. I have a hard time. Right. You know, cause I'm like, you can do this. Pull up your bootstraps and trust in God and trust in yourself that you can maneuver through anything and do it. Yeah. You know, and so that's it's kind of I get kind of outdone sometimes when people kind yeah, of sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm think I'm thinking about your your circumstance and situation with people coming up to you and you know, back in the day I didn't have very much of a filter. Now I stop and I think before I say things, but I would imagine if I was in your situation <laughs> and someone came up like, hey, I need to talk to you, I'd be like, okay, does your wife have leukemia? <laughs> so, I mean, I would go down the yes. list of my life and be like, if, if, if things are worse than that, then I'm all ears. But if not, you need to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> We're about you to have a problem. Can, you can do it. <laughs> no, but you, you do. Like I had to, I mean, we have to filter. We do because it's like, really? Yeah. Is life really that bad? Right. Because it's, it's really not. Yeah. promise you. Yeah, it's really not that bad. I, I, we, we've gone through some mess, you know. Right. And so I, I, I have to be careful because I sometimes I do get a little, like, what, what's, what's the deal? Cynical, yeah. Yeah, I do. I can. I, it's very much so. And I, I you got to be careful being a pastor 
very careful. Not yeah, it probably way. can't be as cynical. Yeah, see, no, you want to. That's why I've been called the podcast and not, <laughs> not after the pastoral ministry. <laughs> I'd have a thriving, looking good. thriving church of me. Yeah. So, um, but I, th- I think it's great. You know, one of the things that I pulled out of um, what you said about managing your your occupation and your calling as a pastor is that you got a lot of insight from other people. Oh, for sure. Um, and even as you talked about just the craziness of life, mm-hmm. there's other people who are there helping you. You've got friends checking in. You've got a community supporting you doing just random acts of kindness. Yeah. Talk about, this is one thing that I think you're really good at. You're really good at building relationships and making friends with people. Mm-hmm. Talk about, if you can give any insight on okay. how you do it, how you approach it, um, let's start there. How, okay. how do you approach trying to build relationships with people? Well, this is going to take us back to high school. Okay. But when I was in high school, man, I was friends with everybody. I just sincerely was. Like, I mean, I, I, there was groups that I hung around, I guess, with more, but I was friends with everybody. I, I can remember being in Miss Fuquay's class, an English class, and it comes over the speaker, uh, Miss Fuquake and Mr. Gilbert come to the office and I'm thinking, Oh dear God, what have I done? Yeah. You know? I mean, so I get there and when as I'm walking down the hallway, there's two police officers like standing at the end of the hallway. I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what had happened is a young man had, uh, desecrated a state graveyard or something like that. Mm. And the only person we talked to was me. And he was, a wow. he was a, um, juvenile type kid. But I was always nice to him. I always sat down with him. If I would leave athletics and come to the lunchroom and there was no seats, I would sit where he was sitting and we'd talk. Same as Randy Blanco. And uh, anyway, I just became, I just built that relationship. Yeah. So I guess I built enough a relationship with him that in this horrible situation where he had barricaded himself in the principal's office, yeah, like he wanted to talk to me. And so, which brings us back to now, man, I just, I try to be loyal and build those friendships. Like I talk to people, like I, have built so many friends uh, and I'm not tooting my horn, but I have, I just be friendly and kind I'll toot it. and thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> and, and I just try to, I, I want, I want that my friends to succeed, you know? And like mm-hmm. I've in just in leadership, I've learned from countless people um, just to empower people. And I try to do that. Well, in friendships, I've, I'm reading a book right now, uh, People Fuel. I don't know if you've heard of it, but okay. it's a really good book. You should check it out. But um, we need that fuel from individuals. Like, am, sure. am I giving anything to you or are you giving anything to me? We have to have that. And so, and that's when I heard the book and guys talking about it, I was like, man, that sounds very interesting because I, I feel like I want to do that. I don't yeah. want to just be a dude, you know, I want right. to be your friend, you know? Right. And so I just spend time. Like, I, for instance, I went to New York with my family this uh, spring break, and um, guy that you know, Jason Huckabee, remember mm-hmm. he he had preached an event for us. Um, we hadn't seen each other in years, but during this whole sickness time, like friendship that I had built with him, and we don't talk every day. Sure, like he calls me up and just begins to like minister, but as a friend, we're just talking, yeah. chatting, and then he like he, there's some things that he felt like God wanted me to know, and so he he told me those things and that was great. But the best part about it was just us talking Yeah. when well, we go to New York and we hadn't talked in forever, man, we go eat, we, they, we see them on the streets and we just hang out, you know, and, and yeah. it's like good old times. And so I, I think that you have to be loyal number one and just okay. be a really, 
I mean, just be a friend. You yeah. know, I mean, just truly be a friend. Cause I've seen, I've seen that not work out for people. And I, and I'll again, go back to childhood. There's been a lot of times in my life as a kid where people that I've made packs with or said, Hey, we're not going to do this. or We're going to do this, that I held my end up and that individual didn't. Yeah. And so at a young age, I made up my mind that I'm going to be, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to be a friend. I'm going to do it. Right. You know, that's why it like eats me up. Like, Hey Darren, we're going to do this podcast. I'm like, well, I promise we're <laughs> going to do the podcast, you know? No, but I just want to be a man of my word and a friend of my yeah. word. You know what I'm saying? And no, so I understand. if that, if that would help anybody to just be conscious of that, yeah. that's what I try to do. I know? think that's really important. I, I feel like as men, we're not as outgoing and we don't mm-hmm. always look for community and friendship as much as women do. Yeah. Um, they're more of the social butterflies. Sometimes, yeah. even if they're introverted, like they still will go out and connect and, you know. Yeah, we're not going to have a day at the park with their kids. Right. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not going to ask you to go to the mall with me. It's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> love your style, but it's just, it's just not, not going to happen. We'll go shopping, Anthony. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. But then that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think it's a, a rarity for us to just go out and look to just make a friend. Yeah. And I think because of that, sometimes we struggle with how to actually make friends. Yeah. And so coming from someone like you, who yeah. like you, you do well at this, you have a lot of people who consider you to be a friend and who love you. Yeah. And you got to see that manifest itself oh, during man. your storm. It was great. And I mean, if you want to say anything else about it, you can, but, what I what I extracted from that was just the power of community. Oh man! And how much it, it assisted you. Yeah. I mean, I know you talked about you know prayer making a difference, and I wholeheartedly believe that that oh, is I true. Too. But but you know, friends, friends, prayer and faith often manifests itself in the body of Christ, and that's that community. And I mean, do you think you could have done it without the help of other people? Oh, absolutely not. There's no way. I promise you. There's no doubt about it. it. I would have come out way different. Yeah. Yeah. It it set an appreciation inside of me and and even Ginger. Like there was times that people that we had no idea they were coming to the hospital that showed up and they didn't like they like got plane tickets and flew to Dallas wow. for for that. Wow. You know, and so um and you knew that you were their friend, but you didn't know you were that kind of friend yeah and so it just meant a whole lot and so i don't and you don't really you say that means a lot well for me i don't know about everybody else's definition but like for me i know the definite definition of meaning a lot now sure. you know that truly like i mean brought tears in my eyes it like it truly i felt like my spirit lift up when you walk in the room you right. know what i'm saying i can our friend <laughs> josh youngblood like uh I'll never forget we're in the hospital and um, just in conversation, Ginger was like, they said they were coming. What do you need? You need anything, Ginger. And she's like, yes, I need a llama suit, a llama. I need you to whatever. The dude like puts a llama suit on (laughs) and he walks into the stinking hospital in a llama suit. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I mean, just dumb things like that, you know, it's just dumb things and cool things all the, I mean, we got boxes like we had friends that would send care boxes to our kids. I mean, we'd open, I would get to the house and there'd be like these stacks of Amazon boxes. I'm like, I didn't order anything. You know, I'm like, what is the deal? And so I started opening it up and it doesn't say any, it's to our kids, but it's 
all the things that they like. I don't know how they found out about it and candy and just stuff. And so in the midst of all that, yeah, like uh, Bridget Mann during uh, we had a uh, trunk of treats or whatever here at our church. Well, Bridget Mann called and said, Hey, can I do anything for y'all? I know that y'all, this is going on, et cetera. So can I do anything? Well, she offered to get all the little costumes for our kids. And I mean, I, means the world sure you know i mean something obvious i didn't have to think about that's the practical side i didn't have to think about it but the friendship side is like wow you didn't have to do that but you did right so no i could not have made it without them yeah i yeah i think it's neat because for the majority of us when there's nothing going on like Mm -hmm. there's really there's nothing going on compared (laughs) to what you went through all right so for the majority of us when there's nothing going on we feel like we're so busy Mm -hmm. we feel like we don't have time to give to anybody else. Yeah. Like we've just got to take care of our stuff. But it's it's really cool when you're on the receiving end of that mm-hmm. and you realize, you know, they're probably just as busy, maybe even busier than me, but they're still taking time out of their schedule to do something like this. And there's no obligation to do it. For me, when you, once you receive, it makes you want to give. Oh man. It, 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 it you, you realize how special it is. Oh, for sure. And so you want to give that back wherever you can. That's, and I'm, I don't we're not even really into this, but I guess we can be like, that's the reason why we pastor and we do what we're doing now here at our local church. Like during all of this, towards the end, I found out about, you know, you know, the story of Jethro, Jethro says, Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, you're gonna wear yourself out. Okay. So you don't need to do that. So we need to get some well-bodied men, women, to help with this big mass of people. Yeah. And so what we did in our church, and this is one of the reasons why, not just because I thought it was a cool idea, but a friend of mine, uh, Jimmy Stark from Ohio, he kind of put this into play. Well, um, just in a conversation with a bunch of guys on a text message. And I, I looked at that and I was like, I'd been feeling this direction. I'd read that. And I was like, man, that's how, how a church is supposed to be. It's not all supposed to be on me. Yep. It's not all supposed to be on ginger or even a pastoral group of guys you know, our, our ladies. And so what we did at our church is we created family groups and we still have not mastered it. Uh, but these family groups do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's where it's birthed from. This is what was done for me. That's I cool. mean, the, the meal plan that they did with Texoma delivery and countless times they brought food, you know I mean? Countless times they brought things to the hospital, et cetera. Like that's the body of Christ. Right. And so what we have done, you can just say, oh, let's just let that organically happen. Or we can be conscious of it and we can be intentional about it. Yeah. And so we're putting it in, we've put it into place. And so, I mean, from funerals to baby showers to everything that, and I actually, your pastor actually um, had me present this to our, our uh, section here in our, our section, Northeast section, but yeah. um, that's where it all stems from, man. I, it's pre- it's what the church is all about. Right. And so. I, I think it's so cool. So sitting with you, sitting with you here, listening to the full story, filling mm-hmm. in other details that I didn't even know. I think it's so neat that you, specifically with pastoring, you're still trying to pastor. Mm-hmm. You've got all this chaos going on, mm-hmm. and it's stressful. And there's times you don't know how you're going to manage, and you got to pull over at Bucky's to write your sermon note, and like, <laughs> you're, you're in it, right? Like, I'm sure those are some highlight sermons. <laughs> I hope I'm gonna, so. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the archives and see if I can pinpoint them. But like, you're, you're, going, you're going through this, but what comes out of that journey 
mm-hmm. what's birthed from all that, it just helps you that much more in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you a greater passion for people. It gives you a, a greater insight when you preach on oh, yeah. certain topics. I mean, it, it changes your whole context for how you approach what you're doing as a pastor. Yeah. And even though it was difficult. Oh, yeah. Like what you have from that now, the results of that, and it speaks so much to just enduring the pain yeah. of the process sometimes yeah. and what comes out of that. People want to run from change. They want to run oh. from discomfort. But I, I had a psychology professor in school tell me, he said, change brings about, or discomfort brings about change, but change will always bring about growth. Mm-hmm. And I think what you've lived through is a testament to that. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's discomfort that you'd never want it to have. Oh man. If, if God would have said, Hey, this can happen to you and something will happen from it. Or you keep going on at 10 times out of 10. Let's keep going on. I, I'm fine. The way things are. <laughs> I, I don't want to go through that, Yeah, but you did go through it. Oh, and then thankful. where you're at today, I, I think it's remarkable. Truly thankful. Let me ask you this in closing. Best piece of advice that you'd want to give to dads. Okay. Best piece of advice. Don't neglect. That's the, and you can. Sure. You can neglect. And what's, uh, my wife has this saying that she learned a long time ago. What's, um, what's important to a puppy? What's real to a puppy is, is, I mean, puppy love is real to a puppy is what, what she says. And so like, I agree with that. Is the football that important right now? No, but you need to. And I, I'm saying this for me because I'm working on this myself. And yeah. I still am. Um, they want to go throw football, throw it. Yeah. If they want to go outside and just hang out, do it. If they want to go to walk in the park and see all the cool bugs and play with snakes or whatever, I'm not playing with snakes, but they like it. <laughs> they think it's the coolest thing ever. I'll bring my son over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, dear God, I can't deal with that stuff. But they want to do that. So don't neglect. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it, people don't get it. They really don't, but we neglect every day, everything. We sure. neglect all kinds of stuff. And sometimes we'll shift it to the things that are most important to us. And that's our babies. Yeah. So. Wow. That's I, great advice, man. My, uh, my son one time, uh, he said it, he was like, church is more important to me. And I was like, snap, no, it's not. Yeah. But I'm here a lot. Yeah. In his eyes, it is. Yep. And so I got to fix that. Yep. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. My son's called me out on that before too. He'll be saying something to me and I'm trying to do something on my phone and mm-hmm. it's usually work related, podcast related. Yeah. He said, dad, is that phone more important to me? I was just like, like I know some dads would be like, shut your mouth. But I was just like, can't tell him to shut his mouth when he's right. I was mm-hmm. just like, no, it's not buddy. That's, and that's, I'll finish that later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the deal. Like, and I know it's kind of the people doing it a lot, but like that's, I got off social media because yeah. I was like, well, you know, the people need to know about mom. People need to know about this. Well, I wasn't around them a lot because I was with mom. Yeah. But everybody needs to know this situation. Yeah. And so finally I was just like, I mean, that's why you go on social media. You won't find me because I'm there. There is a Twitter. I'm going to make a deep fake account Yeah, <laughs> for the purpose of the podcast. <laughs> no, and I'm not saying everybody, but I tell you for me, man, I started reading again. Like I never have. Yeah. And it's been awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, it's helped in so many ways. And I, what the reason I did that is because sometimes that's what I would see happening during COVID would like come out. People could not come to church, but they could go everywhere else. And so that would come out. Yeah. That filter we were talking about. Yeah. It would, 
Yeah. It would disappear when I would step behind the mic on a Sunday morning. So I would have to, I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. So, but no, I, it Wisdom. does, it, it's, it, it's helped out a lot, but yeah, don't neglect your kids, man. Yeah. And we do. So we do. You can either hear what I'm saying or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's your podcast. I'm just saying. No, it's, be a jerk to them. It's okay. You don't pastor these people. At least you no. might pastor some of them, but yeah. But if you if you be honest with yourself, you will. And that's what I did. I was just honest with myself. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like you said, when your son stuck it to your gut, you know, it's like twist it a little bit. You're like, yeah, no, thanks, son. Yeah, you got a point. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. That's good advice. Don't neglect, man. Thank you so much for being with me. Yes, I appreciate sir, it. I appreciate it. Love you, man. Love you too. I'm so grateful that Darren took time out of his schedule to sit down with me on the podcast and to share this remarkable story. Before we sat down for the interview, we were just catching up, shooting the breeze, and we talked a little bit about the story. And he told me that when they went to the doctor and the doctor said, all signs point to leukemia, he said he looked at his wife and he didn't know what else to say other than this will be to the glory of God. And he didn't fully understand what he was saying in that moment. He did not have a grasp on the journey that was ahead of them, but he spoke words that were oh so true, because this is a testimony of God's glory, of God's faithfulness. God helped them through this. God was a big part of this story, and God brought them to a greater level by bringing them through this challenge. True words that he spoke at the very beginning of the crisis, faith being exercised. I loved what he had to say at the end. We shouldn't neglect our kids, that puppy love is real love to puppies. Our kids have values and priorities that we might not have, but we probably should make those values and priorities our own and not neglect them. If they want to go throw the ball, go throw the ball. If they want you to have a little tea party with them, go have that tea party. Do not neglect them. But I want us to make sure that we take at least five things out of the story that Darren shared. The first thing that I want us to understand is how blessed we are. I am not going through what they went through. I know that God is good to me. I know that God is helping me, and I appreciate the life that I have. I value the life that I have. I am grateful for the blessings that God has given to me. The second thing is we need to value and appreciate our community. Darren attested to the fact that he could not have made it through all of this stuff had it not been for people stepping in to support and to be kind and to be generous throughout the process. Value the community that you have. The third thing is I want you to flip the script on this a little bit. Understand that your kindness toward others goes a lot further than you might realize. So choose to be kind. The fourth thing is that the journey might be tough. It might be really difficult. But when you get to the other side, you will be that much better, that much stronger. You will grow through the process. So stay the course. And the last thing I want you to take away is God is faithful. God will be with you every step of the journey, even when it's tough and difficult. God will be right there, and he will see you through to the other side. So grateful for Darren and Ginger, so grateful for their story, and that they're willing to share this incredible testimony. I would encourage you to share this with anyone you know. This is an inspirational story, and it's going to encourage and motivate people, even if they're not living through this. It was a blessing to me. I know it's a blessing to you. So share it to someone else and bless somebody else. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me, and I hope you will join me next time.
Thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future. If this episode has served you or you believe it will serve another dad in the future, make sure that you leave a like, a comment, a review, or share this so that it can reach another dad. And so that you don't miss out on another episode, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, for more great content, head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com.